Chapter 1 Astride my old chop motorcycle, riding north on Interstate 15 after leaving the quiet town of Barstow, California. My good friend F-Bomb is riding next to me. We are moving along at a steady 60 miles an hour, inhaling the cool, dry air the desert only gives you around here at 6 in the morning this time of year. It's Father's Day, and I bet my kids wish I was home, but instead I'm out here in the wind. Everything else feels right around Bomb and I, including the thunderous noise in our ears and pulsing vibrations hitting our bodies. It all consumes us with an energy unmeasurable and completely unthinkable by the human mind. Welcome to the American Roadrunner Podcast. Oh yeah, glad y'all could join us here today on this, the American Roadrunner Podcast. Hope you enjoyed the little intro where I got to read and entice y'all with just the first paragraph of one book called American Roadrunner by... Mob Barshall. No, no, no. That's my pen name. Okay. No, I'm using my real name on the Oh, Bob, Bob Marshall. <laughs> Bob <great>. Marshall. <laughs> uh, so we're a bunch of losers. Well, here we uh, get to share some good stories and uh, exchange some good lies and tell some terrible, terrible things. But I got to tell you, we're real excited to give you this episode today. What, what kind of terrible things are you talking about, Bob? Well, every so often... You know, we admit the terrible of ourselves. We can really confuse the hell out of people. I, I think so. It confuses the hell out of me. I think that's what makes us human. Yeah. Maybe maybe not framing it like terrible. Maybe it's, I mean, as long as it's laughable and you learn from it, then it's fine. But terrible? Nah. We're all part of the human race. So race, we must. Speaking of racing, don't you have a little race coming up, Bob? So, on this episode today, we're going to be chatting about cross-country chopper racing yeah now is this like the stampede so that was one race actually uh this particular race uh does not fall under title of any sort so maybe i'll entitle it right about now we're gonna call it the ride one day in a day (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna call it the ride one k in a day no no we're gonna call it the ride one day in a k chopper race all right. Why would you call it that? Well, it's going to be different. I, I'm I'm really excited. The answer is it's only going to be a thousand miles instead of being all the way cross country on a rigid home built scoot. It's only going to be a thousand miles. So I'm pretty excited, and I'll tell you where it started from. I'm sure y'all remember that lovely podcast where we interviewed one Mr. Charlie Weisel of Cycle Source Magazine and a few other good things up there near uh, Colorado. He uh, him and I got to talking, and the answer is, he really thinks he can race me. <laughs> I, I don't think he can. Well, I, he can race you, but it's who's going to win that's the real question, Yeah, right? I think he's going to lose terribly. I mean, <laughs> seriously, I don't know what this guy's... He's only half the man I am. Like, literally, he's got to be like 130 pounds. I mean, he's... I, I, I don't know. That might be a benefit for him. I like to tell everybody the, the little aerodynamic I got in front makes me faster. Yeah. I haven't sold anybody on it yet. Everyone's always busy losing weight to be lighter, but it could happen someday. No, you want to you wanna get more torque by having the bike closer to the road, right? So the wheels don't spin. You know, you want them to grip. Yeah, so you want to be heavier. Yeah. Throw your weight around a little better. 
Yeah. I'm telling you. This it's is like the I... whole King Koopa or Bowser uh, uh, character in Mario Kart. You know, he, he starts a little slow, but then he just gets going. And because of that torque, the grip of the road, he's able to go faster than everybody else. Yeah. And so that's his first handicap. Charlie's half the man I am. Yeah. He should do, uh, hopefully do okay, I hope. I just hope he doesn't die. <laughs> what, are you planning to drive him uh, off a cliff or something? No, gosh, no. No, not at all. I mean, I hope he doesn't, you know, end up killing himself because he's like, how the heck am I supposed to go faster? How the heck am I supposed You know, there's just a thousand questions. So we're excited on this episode to do our very best to answer 1,000 questions. Check out our friend Jake with the Flying Dutchman Co. With all your motorcycle and customization needs, that's the Flying Dutchman Co. You can find him on Instagram and YouTube at the Flying Dutchman Co. <laughs> well, maybe we'll get to about 20 of them tonight. Mm. Uh, another 980 on the next episode. So, perfect. when is this going to happen? So, uh, we come up with a date. And the date does coincide with one Mr. Cord- Curtis Morgan's uh, Oregon run. Curtis Morgan, as you may or may not remember, is a gentleman that puts on the ride 1K in a day self-challenge. So the answer is, uh, you know, I've never done this race directly, the self-challenge of Ride 1K in a Day myself. Last year when I did it, I did it for my pops, and my pops just happened to be uh, in ash form in one of the saddlebags. But Curtis was kind enough to give all the glory to him in that regard. So this will technically be my first Ride 1K in a Day for myself, the son of bob marshall known as bob marshall <laughs> and uh we're gonna be uh hauling butt on the 28th okay of June, so friday so this is basically like a a motorcycle get together road trip that's already going on and then you guys yeah. are just choosing to race at the same time yeah the oregon run is pretty exciting and you can find it on any instagram or facebook platform it's already sold out uh they sell tickets for it every year and it's great. They meet at one place, and then they ride a few hundred miles and camp somewhere else, and they ride another few hundred miles, camp somewhere else, and I think it goes on for like three days and four nights all over Oregon, Oregon, <laughs> and it's called the Oregon Run. Hmm. So Curtis is pretty excited about it. So we set up that I'm going to run a thousand miles up to Coos Bay, Oregon, and uh, one Mr. Charlie Weisel. Mr. Chopper Traveling Charlie is going to be running a thousand miles from, uh, I think it's, what was it? It's a Hampton Inn somewhere in Utah. <laughs> he's going to be crashing at a Hampton Inn the night before. So he's starting at 4 a.m. I'm starting at 3 a.m. Because obviously he's an hour ahead. And uh, I, so my route's going to be a little squirrely. I'm going to have to go up to Bakersfield. From Bakersfield, I'm going to have to kind of hop the long way to reno and then from mm-hmm. reno i'm gonna hop over to coos bay so it's gonna be good roads as long as i don't hit too much traffic in uh, reno so you what? said he's gonna be an hour ahead is that because he's coming from a different time zone yeah oh okay. yeah he'll, he'll yeah he'll be out there i said it's just right north of sandy utah that's okay. where he's starting and he figured out it's a thousand and nine miles and i think my route is a thousand thirty two miles but again i don't mind giving the little man the handicap well let him try it out is he going to have more of a challenge because there might be more mountainous terrain 
Like, is that near the Rockies? I, I don't have a map in You're front hilarious. of me right now. No, no, the Rockies are south. The Rockies are okay. southwest. Of but there's still probably more mountainous terrain. Whereas, you know, you you take it's going to be mostly two lane, windy road. Okay, because if yeah. you're taking the 99, that's like a lot of farmland for a long time. That's that's going to be a huge plus for you. Well, and there are gas stops every so often. You're right, and so I I don't mind. I think uh, I think it's going to be great. And the answer is somewhere around a thousand miles. And uh, I'm having a lot of fun talking crap on Charlie about it. Because you can imagine right about now he's real busy talking crap on me. Yeah, we're going to hear the, or we're going to see the back and forth, I'm sure, on Instagram and in your stories. That'll be pretty fun. Well, I hope so. Um, uh, Let me think. Let's talk about strategy, maybe. Uh, What, in the race or the talking crap? Right. (laughs) Strategy and talking back and forth. In case y'all haven't figured it out, Charlie's a dear friend of mine, so we're gonna we're gonna have a lot of fun with this. Uh, but you know, come three o'clock in the morning my time, that's it. He's a competitor, and I have no problem leaving him on the side of the road. Later, loser. <laughs> you know, I get pretty excited, and he knows, and they all know uh, it's gonna be just fine. So um, let me think. Strategy got a new engine in my KZ1000 a few months ago. Oh, and that's what you're you're going to be riding. Yeah, yeah, going to be taking the old uh, KZ1000 chop, the uh, Stampede bike that I rode in the Stampede. Um, the new engine is a donor engine. It's stock, and and I got to tell you, at first I wasn't real sure about this engine because cylinder number three was pushing just enough oil to make me uncomfortable, and I was kind of stinking up anybody behind me, but. Then I rode it down to Mexico, and somehow it kind of fixed itself. So now it's not pushing oil anymore. And I didn't think that was humanly possible. But I know I was chatting with Jer the other day, and Jer assured me it was very much humanly possible. It happened to another buddy of ours. And so who knows? I'm not sure what's going on. Maybe the engine was just stopped for a while. It needed to put a few hundred miles on it before it started acting right again. But the engine's doing real good. Everything's real tight. Um, electric system's charging. Clutch is grabbing. Uh, you know, I've put maybe six, seven, eight, nine, maybe a thousand miles on the engine. And uh, I'm pretty confident in it. Uh, I don't know the exact miles, of course, because I don't keep a speedometer, as some people do. Uh, it's always amazing how people can nail that to the mile. You know, I rode 692 miles this weekend. How the heck? Do- oh, speedometers. Right. <laughs> I don't really own speedometers, but good for them. And I, I got to really follow this route on this race to make yeah. sure it's a thousand miles. They're quite a luxury these days, those speedometers. You, you I, can't find them everywhere. Yeah. I mean, everybody does have them and I reckon they, they work for some, but it's just one more thing. And I, I, <laughs> I get a great opportunity to write about it in my book that I'm really more concerned with, you know, the road and how the engines run in and. I mean, if you look around, you look at the traffic around you and everything else, you really can tell how fast you're going. So a speedometer is just not something I need or a tripometer uh, or, you know, anything else. I mean, I don't have any gauges. I'm I'm more interested in how the engine's running, how it feels, what it sounds like. And, uh, oh, I do keep uh, I do keep a great uh, electrical gauge. It's just one of those three dollar plug ins that you get it harbor freight and tool and i got that permanently wired to the uh headlight and uh lashed to the handlebars with a bit of uh, hockey stick tape and it just tells me that the system's charging so i know you know um other than that yeah that's my only gauge just the electrical gauge telling me everything's working right and i got power so 
the engine's good. I need to put a new rear tire on the bike. I was pretty excited the other day. I found two tires. I use the same 18-inch tire front and back. So instead of using a different front, I just take a back tire and turn it backwards and put it on the front. It works fine. Uh, it's a common practice. Um, I got two of them off eBay the other day with shipping for like $99. I was so darn excited. Now, do you do that because of performance or just being frugal? No, I, I was just excited to find new tires. On a chopper, you'll go through a rear tire in four, five, six thousand miles, you know, because you got no suspension on the back. And so the rear tire really, really takes a few good hits. I've learned that these on this back, the Bridgestones work real well. So I just use a Bridgestone. Uh, I think it's called a R11 or something. Anyways, it's an 18 inch 120 by 90 tire. Uh, so it's nice that I could get a nice supply of them as I had to take a tire down to Jer, you know, a, a month ago for the El Diablo run. <laughs> it left me uh, a little without tires. So I just kind of stock them. Then I know the tires, the same front and back. And yeah, you know, speaking of the El Diablo run, did you get your handlebar fixed? Oh yeah. 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 Cause no, you kind of I... need that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. I had this great set of bars and they were hanging in the kitchen here for a while. And I was going to give them to Jer as a Christmas present, but instead I put them on the cop chop. So, And I had to bend them out a little. They were in just a little too much. I rode up to Joshua Tree for that Nowhere show a few weeks ago, and they were just a little too tight. And they really feel great, but, you know, I've got pretty wide shoulders, so I really do prefer a wider handlebar. So uh, my little dude and I just bent him out this weekend, just with a big long metal pipe. <laughs> I yeah. just imagine you two together, like with your bare hands, like pulling them apart or something. Yeah, no, like Hercules style. Open, like you know, spreading apart like prison bars. Exactly. <laughs> no, that's really what we did. We just used a three foot pipe to assist us. Yeah. You know, big uh, metal pipe, two fifty. It's a backbone, really. I could use on a motorcycle backbone for a motorcycle quarter inch DOM. Literally steel. manpower. That's yeah, cool. yeah. We're you know they they bend. There's not much to handlebars. They'll bend pretty easily. Yeah. What else are you gonna do to prepare for the race? Not just your bike, but uh, you. I'm gonna um, do a hundred sit-ups a day. Hundred <laughs> physically, a day. mentally, how are you gonna prepare? No, I don't think there's. Well, physically, you know, there's not much to be done. Uh, what you see is what you get. Yeah, but I'm just I'm, eat a good meal before you get on the bike, and no, actually I don't, because no. you know they don't have to go number two oh, on okay. the road. So I just eat light for the day or two before, uh, make sure everything's good in that department. You know, no matter what, it seems like as soon as I start racing, after a few hours, I got to go number two. So I just have to deal with it. I, you know, it just is what it is. <clears throat> and uh, you know, I usually I wear overalls when I ride, so it definitely takes a minute, but. You, know, you can't do anything about it so um so i'll do that and you know physically i i walk four or five miles a day anyways uh hustling around downtown like i do i usually have a 30 pound tool bag on my back so i, I get enough exercise as i can up and down stairs i'm actually quite physically able you know but i reckon it'd be nice to ride a few more bicycles <laughs> between here and then you know maybe take a few good walks have some good sex you know all the good <laughs> stuff like that really gets you it's better than bad sex yeah yeah because yeah, there's no physical fitness in bad sex i reckon i don't know i've never <laughs> had bad sex if it was bad i just you know leave well yourself i mean ask the ladies nice yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it might be like bob well 
Right. Right. Here comes the bell. So, yes. Uh, so, and we're going to be camping, so I'll have to bring a tent. Uh, I haven't figured out. I, I've got a nice, like, three-man tent that I like to take when I'm by myself, and it's not because I need all the room. It's because I need to put all my stuff in the tent. Right. Obviously, on the back, as far as tools, uh, I carry all the tools on the back that I only use on the back. And I think that's the biggest secret to any service or maintenance you do on the motorcycle. Whatever tool you use on that back, put that back in the bag. And if that tool stays in the bag and the bag stays on the back, you always have the tool you need. So whatever it may be. So I've got some weird ones. I've got a, uh, you know, I've got a 17 uh, deep socket because I know that's what it takes to loosen or tighten. Well, it'd be tightening the head gasket, you know, and I've got a 14 deep socket as well because that gets somewhere else. I've got, you know, extended uh, sockets that are 12 mils so that way I can get in just right and tighten the exhaust. You know, whatever I need to do to the back, I can do with the tools that I carry on the back, short of taking the engine apart and rebuilding it. What are some basic tools that you would say to anybody who's just starting to uh, put together mm. a, a toolkit for their bike? What are the basics that they need to have? Well, I think... Other than hockey tape. <laughs> yeah, hockey stick tape's a big one. Duct tape's a big one electrical tapes a big one i keep those hanging off the the back of the motorcycle on a bungee cord in case i need them um but yeah i've got you know obviously it being japanese it's all in millimeter i had originally in this year it's an 89 it had one eight millimeter bolt and it was located on the shifter so i was able to find a, the same bolt that was a five mil thread mm -hmm. that had a 10 millimeter head. Uh, that is usually 10 millimeters have uh, a six mil thread. So this is a five mil thread with a 10 millimeter head. So I was able to find the bolt. Of course, I ordered a few of them and I keep extras on the back. And um, uh, so everything's between 10 and 17 mil. I carry those wrenches. Uh, I think I carry two 10 millimeters, yeah, because I got some jam nuts that are 10 millimeters. I carry uh, a small crescent wrench and a big crescent wrench. The big crescent wrench, of course, is for the axles. I carry, uh, you know, different screwdrivers, small pliers, small... Um, uh, it's all the extras for me. It's the wire, you know, the safety wire that I carry. It's the extra fuses. It's... Uh, every uh, you know extra alligator clips extra wire i also carry an extra coil because mm -hmm. coils have gone out you know and not on me but on my friends so i carry an extra coil extra spark plugs extra spark plug wire i carry an extra rectifier just in case my charging system goes out a lot of times when you have charging system issues it's going to be uh, the rectifier as well as and just a quick shout out to one of our Riverside locals, Speed King Cycles. Steve and Amy can hook you up with all your custom needs for Harleys and beyond. Speed King Cycles here in Riverside. I hear they might also be carrying one acclaimed book, American Roadrunner. Check them out, Riverside. Speed King Cycles. The alternating coil. Well, alternator. Alternate. Oh, I forget. Anyways, the alternator. Yeah, you know, you can make sure that uh, that one does okay but yeah nine times out of ten it could just be the rectifier so i carry an extra one of those <clears throat> so i think over time and experience you just kind of learn what to carry and it all fits in one small bag for me so it works pretty well so you'll see in my cages 
Uh, I think on my left side are my tools, and I just kind of have them bungee corded in there uh, with a net over all of it. Uh, not a net, but a net to, <laughs> <laughs> to keep it all together. One of our other guests. Yeah, yeah, and and then some. Uh, <laughs> the lady I'm lucky enough to have follow me around from time to time as I get to follow her. Uh, and then on the other side, I just have a bag of, um, you know, oil, chain lube, yeah, all all the good stuff. Man, that's something to consider. I never thought about the fact that depending on uh, the the bike manufacturer that you might have to have a toolkit with American standard tools or, you know, metric tools. Metric, yeah, you're right. Yeah, and so the KZ1000 takes metric. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, Harleys, you would think they're an American bike, but since Very they're American. built... If they're built overseas, are they still American standard? Yeah, yeah, everything. I mean, some of the, I mean, all battery connections, all battery connectors are all 10 mil, you know, but so they'll do that. But other than that, um, so have a a, basically a couple of key uh, metric tools in your toolkit. But then, depending on your bike, if you have a Harley, you want want American standard. standard. But if you have a a Honda, they're they're Japanese made, so you would want metric. metric. Okay. There and I probably folks. spend forty, fifty, maybe sixty dollars per bike for a toolkit. And some of them I can put in a tool roll, and some of them I can put uh, in a backpack. Uh, you know, and then I'll use the backpack to carry other things as well. But on this particular bike, it's in a small, maybe fourteen inch by eight inch by you know ten inch tall tool bag. So yeah, they're they're, they're bright and yellow. Just and it looks like a tactical people. bag, right? Is that the one that yeah. you, that you okay? Yeah, yeah. it looks mm-hmm. very tactical. It's got you know the straps that you can add stuff to. Yeah, it's got extra pockets and stuff. But I, I just I put everything inside and just close it up. But there's been a few times we've been other places and Jer comes over and grabs it and starts. He knows I've got a tool he doesn't have or someone you know. Hey, do you have this? Or, do you have this? Or someone's busted on the side of the road and I safety wire their exhaust back together or something, you know. I just thought of a great practical joke. If you if you got like a dildo or vibrator and then snuck it into somebody's toolkit, oh it's one of those things you won't be there for when, when that bomb when goes off. It. But man, it'd be funny. You break down, you're having a bad day, you know, you go to fix a flat and then you just pull out this big black and you're like, cock. What the <laughs> hell am I supposed to do? How? Well, oh, there was man. one guy one year on Stampede. He mounted one on his front fender. <laughs> I think it said, Charlie, suck on this. Yeah. You know? <laughs> or nomads. It was something. It was terrible. I, no, I reckon, uh, although I have left trash in other people's tool bags. Yeah. And, and usually they find it, throw it on the ground, and then take off. You know, or I'll leave trash hidden in places or. I'm stuck on this subject or... now. You ought to get one of those uh, giant dildos with a suction cup. That, you know, you can like put on the shower wall. You put that on somebody's no, seat and I just don't walk know. away. I yeah. Don't know. Okay, so they make these <laughs> dildos that have a suction cup, so you can stick That's it to great. the wall, and That's great. you know, um, yeah. So you should put one of those on the seat. I don't think it's the seat's kind of soft. I'm not. I don't think any suction cup, anything would stick. But oh, you can make it stick. I reckon someone would find it hockey tape. Down <laughs> There's all this hockey stick tape for you. Yep. Oh, gosh. Somebody's trying to get out of there in a hurry, and they just see this joystick sticking up out of their seat. Well, I tell you what I've learned. like Unless they're like your best friends, don't touch other people's bikes. You know? <laughs> unless it's very obvious. And You could start a war by doing that. Oh, you got to be careful, man. <laughs> Some people are funny like that. I get it, because... 
when you're in the middle of nowhere and all you got is the stuff that's on your back you know it's nice to know it's all there so uh no nah, i i reckon we've all played practical jokes on each other but yeah. for the most part um you know i'm just bringing my bags uh for the tool bag for oil i'll bring a tent uh that way i can fit you know it's like a three-man tent but that way i fit in it mm-hmm. and uh i'll just bring my suit and i can wear my suit as a sleeping bag if it gets cold so you're not going to bring like a change of clothes you're going to wear the same thing the whole time yeah no i'll probably i'll, I'll bring maybe two shirts yeah a couple pairs of thongs like kelsey says yeah there won't no <laughs> i might bring a change on for the most part you know i make my own dusting powder so yeah i just use that and kind of keep it all fresh after a few days there's not much to be done but when you're busy racing i'm not going to really have time to think about too much personal hygiene but we'll be all out camping my dop kit's what saves me you know i carry a very elaborate dop kit that used to be my pops and what's a dop kit right d-o-p-p so this is what they issued to you in the armed forces uh, mm. back in the day and dop kit's just a generic term for Stuff you want to carry with you that you don't want your dirty underwear to touch. So it's, you know, your toothbrush, your toothpaste, okay. soap. Uh, Traveling bag. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I guess, but you're... Tra- so it's a dop kit. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. That's an old term, I reckon. But that's what my it's pops cool. always called it. Dop or like kit. a shaving bag, something like that. Yeah, only I don't, you know, I don't really shave anymore. I just kind of step it every few weeks. And Not your I'm face, good. but definitely your legs. No, no, I certainly <laughs> don't shave those. No, that's, yeah, I, was, uh, I guess I've had this beard three or four years now. I always had a bit of a goatee. Well, I had a goatee, but I just grew the beard to mostly to show off to my family. I'm the only man in my family who can grow a beard. So yeah. all my brothers and my dad just couldn't ever grow a full beard. So it was nice to. Beards are contagious. I mean, I didn't have a beard before I started recording this podcast with Bob, and mm. now I've, I've got a full beard going on. That's right. Yeah, You're never doing okay. Never grew a full beard before. I've always done the uh, the stubble, you know, the sexy man stubble, and uh, I I, I used to make sexy, the mistake okay. of I used to make the mistake of of like shaving underneath. Uh, my jawline because I thought that what, that was cool. Way. Oh, right, right, right. And then I found out that that just makes your neck look worse. Yeah. So, so yeah. now I've got the full beard. Yeah, I just give it a number four or five step every few weeks. To, I mean, there's no reason to have it flapping in the wind. Honestly, if it gets too long on the side, my three-quarters helmet hits it just right, and I'll get a bit of irritation after four or 500 miles. So hmm. I've learned not to, not to let it get too long in the sideburn area especially. But, you know, to each their own and – it's nice to have a little protective layer, uh, you know, but I still put, obviously, the balm on my face uh, as well as some sunscreen just to protect me from the wind. Um, you know, it's going to be a rocking time, so I'm just going to have a little personal bag up on the front of the motorcycle. I'll have my uh, suit on the back of the motorcycle, and that's it. You know, I'm sitting on my saddle rag, a.k.a. blanket. And, you know, when I'm camping, I use my uh, my clothes bag. I use that as a pillow. Uh, it's only a 1,000 miles, so the rules yeah. are different. I don't have to sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I just kind of haul butt. I will not be breaking any speed limits. The time will all be in how fast I can stop. <laughs> so if I can get that eight-minute stop down to like a five-minute stop, every other stop maybe. And in 1,000 miles, I only have to stop five times. Yeah. You know, so that's what it's going to be. Um, I know Charlie's gearing up. He's getting a spare fuel tank, you know, so he's gearing up to, to race that. And, you know, his scoot is fully rigid. Mine still has a bit of hydraulic action in the front. Not much because I use a nice 30 weight and I got it 
bumped up a few inches. But, you know, he's uh, his beast is a little different than my beast. So it, it'll be pretty exciting to see how we do. And um, it's nice to get out and enjoy the American road and yeah. do some running on it and enjoy the freedoms that we have on it, you know, as long as neither of us end up in jail, we'll be good. And that's a downfall of speeding. You know, you get going too fast. They're going to throw you in jail or they're going to throw you in handcuffs in the back of the car for an hour while they run, you know, whatever. I mean, they're going to really slow you down. So it's easier just to kind of keep at the speed limit mm-hmm. and keep with the flow of traffic. Keep and that a pace. Way. Yeah. Cause uh, you get pulled over by law enforcement and we don't think about it, but it probably takes a good 10, 12, 15 minutes mm-hmm. you know, for them to write you a ticket. Yeah. And if you're being excessive, you know, you may not make it out of there. So, so you're going to be going most of the way up through California, which you can lane split. And Charlie's coming from Utah. Can he lane split in Utah, or is He's is that going to be hauling through like you know Winnemucca? And there's going to be like nobody around, so it doesn't yeah, matter. It's exactly. not like here driving through LA where you do have to lane split just to go faster than ten miles an hour. Well, the man, uh, you know, the man's ridden all over. Oh, what was it? 14 or 19 countries or something ridiculous on yeah. that poor motorcycle. So. Poor motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon <clears throat> I reckon he knows how to lane split pretty well. So Yeah, so so okay. to clarify, just to make sure I know this, I got it all. So it's kind of like a race where he's racing from where he's starting, you're racing from where you're starting, and you the end of the race you'll be meeting in Oregon for this get together the oregon run yeah and the oregon run is basically just like uh cruising with a whole bunch of other people yeah okay and i think they sell 175 tickets or something and they sell out quick how much is it to to, uh, i don't know i'll have to ask curtis when i get there what i owe him i'm not (laughs) sure i didn't think about it i'm sure it's a few bucks so yeah yeah, I didn't. I didn't think about. It. That's another thing. I always carry carry a little bit extra cash, you know. Mm-hmm. So, if you want to rob me, good luck finding it on me. But it's probably somewhere on me. He keisters it. Yeah, it's not that. <laughs> maybe, maybe I keep it on my motorcycle. Well, somewhere. you work in a in a prison sometimes, so I think you you pick up some tricks on how to hide stuff, right? Yeah. So not really. I don't <laughs> think that's part of it, but. Well, it sure ain't under your fingernails. Yeah, well, it's good to... Cash can be hard to hide, I reckon, but I always find a way, and I've never had an issue. Of course, I've never had anyone try to rob me, so... Yeah, yeah. you're not the kind of person I'd want to rob. Well, that's true. I got that going for me. Because, number one... I'm ugly. You're big and burly, and you can beat me up, and number two, you look broke as a joke, so... That's I true. Mean, why would I want to rob you? Win-win, that's right. <laughs> that's a benefit of not having a fancy, shiny machine or fancy, shiny clothing, you know? Everyone thinks you're broke as a joke, so. Yeah. Hey, one look at you, and people probably think, uh, he might rob me. <laughs> right? I've gotten that, too. Don't yeah. worry kids i just dress like a pirate i'm not really a pirate <laughs> well as long as all my gear does well and you know i'll be bringing layers and uh most of my clothing i'll be wearing just kind of the underclothing i change out uh yeah it should uh should be a good time camping around the state of oregon with these guys while i'm up there and uh i reckon i'll get a good night's sleep the first night so is there like a prize between you and charlie or is it just bragging rights Man, that's a good question. I think we should ask our listeners, listeners out there. Dear listeners, we expect lots of DMs and emails telling us. So, what do you think the prize should be between Bob and Charlie? Whoever wins, what do they win out of it? And then whoever loses, what is the uh, 
what do they have to do? That's a good one. You no, know, it shouldn't be a walk of shame or something. It shouldn't be like they have to wear a dress riding back to, to their their own home. But, you know, something really cool. Give us some ideas on what the price should be. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Like a prom yeah. dress. Yeah, you gotta wear back. a prom dress back to Colorado there, Charlie. <laughs> oh, that'd be funny. Now, Charles will do, uh, he'll do good stuff. Yeah. Man, I reckon if I win, I, I want to ride his motorcycle for a few miles. Maybe he'll let me. <laughs> Probably not. But, yeah. You know, weirder things have happened. Yeah, Weird or you know what? If our listeners want to design some sort of trophy, and uh, and send it to us, nice. email us, and you know, let us know what kind of better cool not things have we can any appendage male looking appendages that are prosthetic on it and are bigger than yours. Just saying, <laughs> just saying, just a shiny gold. Yeah, none of that. <laughs> well, in the stampede, we had a real nice uh, shoot. What was it? It was a rear. Um, sprocket with uh, my uh, my buddy f-bomb made it you know and it was like a bowling pin on top it was really clever really <laughs> clever trophy and it got shipped around and moved all over the country right now it presides up in the state of washington with uh, mr chris who came in first place in the last race we should have him on the podcast sometime that character's different i mean hmm. he hauled butt a few times he finished first a few times in the stampede yeah and the man's got to be 50 i mean just killing it uh, and he's on a kz 1000 so and you know what oh the either the winner or the loser can wear a sash a sash mm. that says something across it yeah the winner gets to wear a bandolier it. the this loser gets to wear like a prom queen sash that says you know first loser or something like that <laughs> never first. been kissed written across the sash it's gotta be pink too yeah well charlie would probably <laughs> wear it better <laughs> but uh i'll tell you what i'm real excited too about charles's new book him and his wife kayla got together and uh, they made a really great book about uh their travels as a couple mm-hmm. uh, over in uh you know they they hopped across the pond and that was part of their travels you know they had to hop across america to the east coast and then hop across the pond i think they landed in germany mm-hmm. get their bikes out ride all over there come back anyways it's it's really great and uh, the best part is the pictures but the book's called roads are for journey uh it should be out by the time this podcast hits so if you're looking for a good book to order it's a hardback table book uh i think it's going for a good 40 spot i mean it's it's quite the book very Sounds colorful cool. and yeah. charlie's a good writer i mean his stuff in cycle source is awesome oh yeah i'm a bit of a fan of of that guy and you know we've only hung out a few times and and i've i've told them i met well i met him and kayla in los angeles our good friend jesse combs actually introduced us and uh we were just hanging out in a bar chatting it up but yeah, him and his motorcycle intimidate me a little, but we, we we should have a real good time with this friendly little gesture of good old American racing on the roads thereof. So yeah, sounds fun. So yeah, what's gonna be great is um, this uh, this race. What is the date that it's happening again? The twenty eighth of this June. Okay, so that's in a couple weeks. Now, when this well, podcast us, yeah. goes live, it'll give you enough time to listen to it and. You know, like I said, uh, give us your opinion on what would be a good prize. But also at the same time, if you follow the American Roadrunner Instagram, uh, Bob will be posting some stories along the way. Yeah, um, I'll take a few photographs. Uh, you know, I might hit the video play button. Uh, I do have a way to mount my phone on my handlebars and one of those Chingaderas's, but uh, and mine's weatherproof too, which is pretty cool. 
But, uh, you know, when you're racing, you're racing. When you're moving, you're moving. I don't, it's not that I'm not thinking of much else. Who knows? Maybe it'll be a good distraction. I just, I don't want to stop mm. to play with the phone too much. And I certainly don't want to play with the phone while I'm riding, you know. So right. I'm definitely excited to throw a few things up and it'll be nice to take a few good pictures. Yeah. Well, maybe when you're cruising, you can, you can do some stories and stuff at the, uh, the Oregon run. And yeah, well, it'd be nice to, you know, videograph Charlie coming in after me yeah. and the look of loss on his face. Hey, you know what? If we have any listeners in Oregon that can uh, make the trip to where the finish line is going to be and they would have some signs that say, you know, American Roadrunner, you know, Bob Marshall winner, or something <laughs> like that, and really rub it in Charlie's face, that'd be awesome. Yeah, at this rate, the way we're shit talking, I'm going to lose and Charles is going to win and then we'll really be in trouble. The artwork of American Roadrunner can be found by The Bow Monster. That's The Bow Monster on Instagram. Also check out www.bomonster.com. The Bow Monster. <laughs> Traveling Chopper Charlie, he's a good one. Yeah. We'll have to see how it goes. That's a that's the beauty of racing though. You never know how it's going to turn out. It's not about the better man winning, but at the end of the day, it's not about who wins and loses, you know. The glory's always given to the man in the arena the man who shows up so i hope charles shows up you had to call him <laughs> charles <laughs> like a doting father right charles charles don't forget to show up charles <laughs> uh, i'm sure kayla will kick him in the butt and get him going she's yeah. a good one like that his wife so <laughs> is she is she gonna be coming along too nope nope she'll be uh she'll be hanging out at home and charles is kind of working it in between the work schedule too so he's gonna haul butt there and kind of haul butt back i reckon hang out for a day or two and uh, i'm not exactly sure what his schedule is but should be a good time it's racing you know it's about the road not the destination hell yeah hell yeah amen hallelujah all the good words that come after hearing some good news and then some gospel gospel <laughs> all right folks this is brian again and i just want to uh give a call to arms i want to talk to our dedicated listeners and uh Tell you we love you. Uh, we got a few of you out there. Yes, we do. At least three or four, including my mom. And looking at the numbers, I know we have a lot of you out there, but we haven't heard from you. And we would really, really love to yet. hear from you. We haven't heard from them yet. Yes. So please uh, listen to the podcast, rate it, tell us what you think, um, write something about it. You know, we could really, we'd really love to hear what you have to say about it. And uh, not just in the podcast forums, but Please go to Instagram, follow us, uh, say some kind things, you know, share us. Or say some crappy things. We don't care. Yeah, I mean, right now... Criticism is good. We both have day jobs, and that's great. This is a passion project of a podcast. And, you know, someday we would like it to be solvent to where we can just dedicate all of our time to doing this for you. I like fixing stuff. I don't think I could do this full time, guys. I'm just throwing it out there. I'm like wrenching on stuff. Fixing on stuff. <laughs> okay, maybe not full time. Oh, okay, you can still do all that. That, yeah. that can become your passion project. But me, I mean, I would love to dedicate more time and thought to doing this for our listeners. If, if they can dedicate some kind words to us, then, you know, I can definitely give a lot more back if, if uh, this is helping my pocket a little bit. And I think, if you haven't noticed, we really are like a band. We really have a good time. Mm-hmm. Instead of going out <clears throat> playing in seedy bars with a bunch of hookers and blow everywhere, <laughs> we're doing a podcast instead. 
head well, in the still, recording studio. Still hookers and blow around. But. <clears throat> there's no bitches and glory in this, Brian. <laughs> Just throwing it out there. But yeah, again, this is a passion project. We don't make any money, even off of the little uh, sponsor kind of tags that we do here and there. Those are all in-kind sponsors Oh, yeah, that we but share. aren't we having fun? We do have a lot of fun. And I, I know I have fun. fun. I hope you have fun as well. <laughs> So exactly. Like Give us you- a rating and a review, please, people. Yes. Like usual, follow us on Instagram at American Roadrunner. Uh, Facebook, American Roadrunner. You know, uh, check us out. Email us at uh, American Roadrunner, the book at gmail.com. Am I missing any of those, Bob? I think you got all the important ones. Man. Oh, the Spotify We're- playlist. Oh, we songs- love the playlist. Songs from the road. Songs from the road. Yeah, all the good songs I mentioned in the book. I think there's 30 plus of them. Yeah. Uh, feel free to check that out on Spotify or our YouTube channel. We do a lot on our YouTube channel, including this podcast. So. Yeah. Just a quick thanks to one of our sponsors and friends, one Mr. Curtis Morgan with Ride One Can Today. He's getting the app put out. Check him out on the Instagram, Ride One K in a Day. Challenge yourself, Ride One K in a Day. And of course, as always, everything we do on this podcast is all centered around the book aptly titled American Roadrunner by Bob Marshall. Get it on Amazon. Or the website. Yeah, or you can just local bookstores. Every episode, we might start with a chapter of Bob reading at some point. I think we'll do just paragraphs. Okay. So after the first hundred episodes, you'll have the first chapter. Yeah. So then you'll have to listen to every podcast just to basically get the audiobook version. Uh, yeah. And we're excited about the audiobook, but we're not we're not public about about that announcement yet. Soon enough. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though, we had the open mic back night a few weeks ago. And that turned out really well. That's turning out to be a lot of fun and a lot of success. And I posted something about it. But the answer is, when you got so many darn friends and you all want to sit around and share about what you're doing, it's hard to do it in a format in which everybody's talking either to each other or over each other. So the Open Mic Back Night enables you the format in which one person goes at a time and everyone else gets to be the good listener. And I tell you what, you give everyone three minutes... And you can really catch up with people. The last open mic back night we had was really quite amazing. So I'm real excited, too, to offer that format out to anyone who wants it. It's free. Freaking email us, DM us, send a carrier pigeon. I don't care. <laughs> I'm happy to uh, share the files with you. It's just a few of the rules we announced in the beginning. And, more uh, like guidelines. More like guide, yeah, suggestions, yeah. really. Yeah, and you know, by the time you listen to this, um, it will be close to the Open Mic Bike Night here in Riverside. That'll be the last Thursday of the month. Yeah. Uh, every last Thursday of the month, yeah. Hideaway Cafe on Mission Inn Boulevard, right across the street from the Mission Inn. Come meet us in person. Come check it out. Open Mic Bike Night, Thursday from what is 7 it? 7 to 8.30. 7 to 8.30. They do sell booze there if you just want to go there to have a beer and listen to some people well they got good food too i always eat dinner when we're there so yeah they do they do have good food i like their sandwiches yeah man garlic fries mozzarella sticks and miss gogo had those wonderful yummy (laughs) miss gogo macaroni something i don't know what they were they're like fried cheese curd oh they're freaking delicious yeah i ate half of hers man those are delicious point being Come check it out in Riverside or make your own. Share your stories. Write your stories. Send them to us so we can put them on the website. We want to hear from you, man. It's all about story sharing. The end. Don't forget to enjoy the music on this podcast by Meek. Have a good time. Rubberside down. Enjoy, my fellows. Bye-bye.